All right, we want to turn to the book of uh, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, we're going to turn to the book um, and just go through a couple of verses of Scripture in Ecclesiastes. You know, as we, um, we uh, went to the men's discipleship, there was so much um, that uh, we, we kind of caught. There's so much that was taught, um, and it was such a blessing. And I kind of want to... Um, uh, you know, Pastor Greg Mitchell preached a sermon. Um, it was it was obviously uh, aimed at men, but um, I was inspired by it, and uh, I kind of want to bring it to us here as a congregation. Uh, um, and he talked about, he ministered about real men have real friends, um, and it was it was a blessing. I was I was um, I was touched by that, um, and I was kind of inspired to bring it home to us here tonight. Uh, uh, because, listen, we want to, to establish real friendships. There is a, a, a benefit or blessing in having real friendships. And when I say real friendship, because there is a possibility that we have a, a superficial-only friendship. That you would come, you would shake hands, you say, hey, how's it going? You say, yeah, I'm cool, and then that's it. Um, that type of friendship uh, doesn't really... Uh, come with all the benefits that there are to having friends. I want to read a couple quotes about friends. Uh, um, there's a few quotes here I'd like to just pick out here. One of them says, friends are like good health. You don't realize what a gift they are until you lose them. Here's one. A friend is the first person who comes in when the whole world goes out. Come on now. And this one by C.S. Lewis. Uh, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another... What? You too? I thought I was the only one. So I'm going to preach a sermon of entitled uh, The Friendship. And we're going to look at that out of Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 4. And we're reading a couple of verses of scripture um, in your hearing today. We're going to start, um, we'll start at verse number 8 actually here. It says, There is one alone without companion. He has neither son nor brother, yet there is no end to all his labors, nor is his eye satisfied with riches, but he never asks, for whom do I toil and deprive myself of good? There is also vanity and a grave misfortune. Verse number nine says, two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. If they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him. Again, if two lie down together, they keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. The friendship. You know, friends in this day and age, I don't know if you're noticing it, in this day and age are getting more and more and more superficial as we grow older. Um, with the advance of social media. Now, it feels like I talk about social media a lot. Like every other sermon, I'm talking about social media. I don't have that much of a beef. Okay, maybe I do. But I don't, you know, if you have social media, I'm not condemning you or anything like that. I'm just stating what it is, okay? Am I allowed to do that? Is that okay? With the advance of social media, we have a large group of what we call friends. Um, you can look at your social media and say, I have 150 friends. But dare I say, if you were to go into hospital, how many of those friends would go and visit you? How many of them would even know you were in hospital? Unless you post it, something like that. Right? 
So we have this kind of circle of friends that seem to be very, very superficial and there is nothing deep in it anymore. There's nothing, there's no substance to it. So it just becomes friend in name only. But listen, back in the beginning, God made a powerful statement in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 18. It said, it is not good for man to be alone because everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody in order to go through. Life is better when we share it with somebody. Life is enriched when we have somebody to share with. Now, obviously, that statement, he was referring to marriage, but we can extend that out just in general. We weren't designed to be on our own. We were designed to have relationship with one another. We were designed to have close relationships with one another. Now, I'm not saying you're going to have a close relationship with 150 people. That's not possible, but there should be some people that you're able to count on to say, this is my brother from another mother. Can you say amen in this place? There should be someone else. You say, this is my sister from another mister. That's, you should have somebody like that because life is sweeter when you have somebody to ride by with you, somebody to go on with you. And we're going to examine this text this evening to have a look at some of the benefits of having real friendship, close-knit friendship. And we, we're looking out of the text of Ecclesiastes. King Solomon, very, very wise. We're not specifically told that it's him, but it's likely him who authored this but in any case it was inspired by the Holy Spirit so we can take that right to the bank. We all need somebody to lean on and I guess the number reason is that God laid it on our heart in Genesis that none of us should be alone for many different reasons but we're going to look closely at a few different points and we're going to start at verse number nine here where it says in our text two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. The New Living Translation puts it this way. It says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. They can help each other succeed or they can get a better reward for their labor. This is uh, something that is uh, uh, you know, uh, pertinent to all of us. We all have a destiny. We all have a plan. We have a place to get to. And the Bible is telling us when you have close friends, it's actually easier to get to that location. It's actually easier to get there. It's easier to move forward. It's easier to stay saved and living for Jesus Christ when you have a brother or sister who's there with you, spurring you on, saying, listen, don't do that, or picking you up when you fall. It's easy to go to a destination when you have somebody you can call on. It's such a sad time where somebody doesn't have another person that they can call on when it's time of need, no one they can ring. You couldn't ring somebody in a time of need and say, I need help, I'm desperate. You know, as Pastor Greg Mitchell, he preached his sermon in the men's discipleship, he gave a testimony of a time where he said that his daughter, bearing in mind he's a pastor, he was, a, I don't know if he was the leader of the fellowship at the time, but he had, you know, he was running a church, he was a pastor. His daughter had gone astray. His daughter was just, just, just crazy, doing all sorts of worldly things, and she was just wiling out. And he says he couldn't take it no more. At like 11 p.m., he picked up the phone to one of his friends who lived across state, and he says, listen, I need you to come. My daughter is going crazy. I need your help. He called his friend because his friend had gone through the same thing with his daughter, and his daughter had been reconciled to God. So he called his friend, I need your help. And he said, his friend said, listen, me and my wife and my daughter, we're going to be there. We're going to catch a plane. We're going to be there in the morning. 
I found that powerful. Do you have somebody you could call at 11 p.m. and say, listen, I need your help. You're struggling. You're going through it. You're going through the pressure. Something is happening. Can you pick some, uh, the phone up and phone somebody and say, I need your help, and they would drop everything and come? How many people would do that for you? That's the benefit of having somebody that's riding with you, somebody that's with you. Listen, we all want to succeed. We all want to get ahead in life. Well, a little insight in how that could be done. Get yourself a companion, someone who is like-minded, someone who's able to show you where you may be going wrong, someone who's able to practice things with you, someone's able to look you in the eye and tell you, listen, what you're saying right now is crazy talk. Someone's able to correct you. You know, there's a saying that it's better to be stabbed in your front than stabbed in your back. Can you say amen to that? We need somebody who's not looking to pull you down, but somebody who looks to build you up. Verse number 10 in our text, the Bible says, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Now, if you just look at the physical aspect of what's going on here in this verse, in order to be able to reach out and grab somebody who has fallen, you actually have to be close enough to be able to help. You have to actually be close enough to be able to reach out, you put your hand up and bring the person up. But but that means that that you're so close that you'd actually see the fall as well. You actually see the bad points. You may be seeing the issues that they're going through, but you're so close that you're able to reach out and put an arm right there. When we fall, it becomes embarrassing. You know, the reason why somebody, maybe it's a man or woman, are going through some things and you, a friend will come along and say, hey, how's your day been? The reason why they say, yeah, it's fine, is because of pride. Come on, that, come on if we be real with each other, If we be real, the reason why you're going through it right now, you're going through the issue, something's happened, something's quite embarrassing, you don't know what it's like, somebody comes up to you, say, hey, how's it going? And you say, yeah, it's fine, because you don't want them to know what you're going through. You don't want them to see you fall. You don't want them to see, actually, I've made a mistake. Actually, I've done something wrong. Actually, now, uh, you know, there's egg on my face. So now when somebody says, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm cool superficial now the friendship has no depth the person you said cool is okay fine that's nothing else they can no longer help but if you're to share then you'll share say listen I've fallen and I can't get up maybe the friend will be able to reach our hand and lift you up we need to get rid of pride and start building relationships that actually mean something can you say amen in this place We should have relationships that will build us up, that will help us to go where God wants us to be. Why do we do that? Why do we hide our failures? Because we don't believe that anyone else fails. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The Bible says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Sometimes the devil is able to put it in our mind to say, listen, it's only you that's going through this. Don't bother them. Listen, it's only you. Listen, you're the one with the problem. You're the one with the issues. Don't bother somebody else with this. People can think it's only them. And for that reason, people would rather not say it. They would rather just lay there on the ground if they've fallen. 
Listen, I thank God that when I was growing up, uh, when I say growing up, when I got saved, uh, I thank God that I had brothers around me. Because sometimes in those early years, listen, we was going from uh, a life of, um, you know, clubbing and so on and university life, going from that to being saved, sanctified. Uh, listen, there's some times where the devil will try and pull you back. I don't know if that's just me that experienced that. Come on, you guys are really holy, but hey, listen. There's sometimes the devil will try and pull you back. Sometimes some temptations will come your way. Come on, some things, will, some opportunities will uh, 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 arise itself in front of you. Some things will come up. So I thank God that when I was early saved, when I was newly saved, I had brothers next to me who was able to say, listen, bro, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Or maybe we should go together. Let's go and do Bible study together as a group of us. Let's go to church together. Let's do. I had some guys who was able to drag me up. And sometimes I would drag them up. That's why the Bible says iron sharpens iron. You need that counterbalance. You need somebody who's able to come in and look into your life and see the things that you can't see. You know, what this means is you have to be vulnerable. You have to show some people that you're not Superman or Superwoman. You have to show some people, listen, I'm hiding some, some, some issues here. You have to be vulnerable. And listen, I'm not saying, you know, be vulnerable to the whole world, but there must be some people who you're able to go and talk to. You're able to be real with. You can have a, a, a conversation and you don't have to perform. Come on, how many of there's some performers out here? How many of there's some actors out here? They, 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 they should win an award for the way they act. Come on, you know what I'm saying? They've they got everything together. Yeah, I'm cool, I've got this. When you look at them, they, you look at what they're driving, look at what they're wearing, you think they've got it all together. When they step inside their house, brokenness. And because they've got this appearance to kind of uphold, they wouldn't dare share their brokenness with anybody. Because then people will find out, I'm not perfect. <laughs> Newsflash, we all know you're not perfect. Come on now. Nobody is perfect in this place. We're all going through issues. and We need people to have close to us that we're able to speak to instead of hiding it up, bottling it all up and saying, yeah, I'm all good. I can deal with this. No, you can't. Sometimes men fall with this even uh, a little bit more than women. You know, sometimes women are uh, easier to, to just break it down to each other. They speak for hours. They cry. They hug and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's wonderful and stuff like that. Guys now, when it comes to, hey, it's like, yeah, yeah you're cool, bro. Yeah, I'm cool. What's, what's your problem? I'm, I'm cool. Because we've got an appearance to kind of hold up. You know what I'm saying? Now, cry. I don't cry. Cry for what? Come on now. We've got this kind of exterior to kind of, to this manliness. But how many know, listen, that's just a nonsense. Let's be real. Listen, you know, some, some, some solid rock guys, they go through issues too. And we must have people we're able to go. So when we're full, we have somebody who's able to pick us up and bring us on the right track again. Verse number 11, look at this. It says, and again, if two lie down together... They will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? I love this verse because uh, this gives me an understanding of someone else encouraging somebody else. Listen, maybe uh, one person has the fire of God in them. Maybe they're on fire for Christ. They are praying every day. They're reading their Bible. They're, they're evangelizing. They're doing it all, and, and, and their friend is not really feeling it. Well, if you stick closer to somebody that's on fire, how many know fire 
spreads. Can you say amen in this place? And so you stick close to somebody who's on fire. Stick close to somebody who is pushing and who is progressing. And listen, it won't be long till you catch that fire as well. It won't be long till you are lit up. I remember times where people, we would stir each other up. We would go on outreach and we would be bold. There may be one person be bold. They'll see that boldness and they would be bold as well. I had a problem when I was newly saved of timidity. I was so timid. I couldn't say anything to anybody. Couldn't even keep eye contact. But when I was hanging around my brothers and I saw the fire of God moving in their life, something rised up inside of me and I started to get on fire as well. Burned away all that timidity so I can pick up a mic, stand on the street corner and preach Jesus Christ, the Savior of my life. Can you say amen in this place? You need to get yourself around people who are on fire. Don't get yourself around people who just suck the energy out of the room. Because when you spend five minutes with them, you're thinking, man, I'm worse than I when I started before. Find some people who are on fire for Jesus Christ. Come up close to them. And before long, you would catch the fire. You would catch the flame. But that can only happen if you build up intentional relationships with others. You are cold. Well, you can be lit up on fire if you hang around with somebody that's on fire. You're lukewarm. Or maybe someone could rekindle the fire or your love for people if you just get around them. When you're down and you're around someone who's on fire, you can't help but get up and get warmed up. Look at Hebrews 10 and verse number 24. The Bible says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let's think of ways that we can encourage one another. We can motivate one another. The acts of love and good works. I will look at verse number 12 with you of our text. It says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now we understand this. This is like power in numbers. I remember a time um, in school. I, mean, I don't know if this has happened to you many times. Uh, uh, there's a phrase that we use in school. Uh, uh, when I was growing up, they said, don't get caught slipping. What that means is, uh, don't get caught walking around on your own. Because in those areas, uh, I mean, I lived in, I lived in a, a good part, West London. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that issues. But we had our issues as well sometimes. Uh, but they said, listen, if you're walking around in school and stuff, like that, and there's rival schools or rival gangs like that, they're saying, don't get caught on your own. Because when there's more of you, listen, more of you can do more damage. So this is what it's saying. The one may be overpowered by another, but two will be able to withstand them. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now, why does it say that? It says this, I want you to stand back to back because that's the vulnerable part of you. Listen, when you're going forward, you're vulnerable, you're back. But if you had your, your friend right there who's covering your back, then now you're no longer weak. You're no, no longer weak, sorry. You have strength from the front and strength on your back because somebody's out there looking out for you. Oh, don't you thank God for those that have your interest at heart and they're looking out for you. When people are slandering you, this person will stand up for you. When people start backbiting, this person will stand up in your place and defend you. Oh, that you had a couple of people like that around you that will have your back instead of stab you in the back. Can you say amen in this place? 
We need those type of people with us, around us, because number one, you have a vulnerable part. You can't get everything. There is a part of you that's going to be vulnerable, but also there's a part that will be attacked. There's going to be times where people are going to come against you. Things, situations are going to come against you. But if you have your side uh, or have yourself girded with people, with friends that are around you, you're able to stand. Now I know in this day and age, we have these things called Rambo Christians who think they can just make it on their own. Just me and Jesus, that's all I need. Just me on my own. They think they can do it here. It's me. There's no one else. I don't need nobody else. Listen, I can do this on my own. Listen, what we're saying is delusional if we speak like that. We all need some people. We need people to be around us. We need people to encourage us, people to correct us, to rebuke us, people to keep us in line, people to be accountable to. You know, when people tell me it's just about me and Jesus, listen, they have problems with accountability. Usually, they don't want to be accountable to anybody. And therefore, they can just live how they want to live. Listen, we need to be able to say, listen, I'm going to make myself vulnerable to people so we can build up some relations right there. Listen, our text ends by saying that three is even better. So everything we've just said is now then multiplied. God said in the beginning, it's not good for man to be alone. And I've managed to convince you that, listen, we need to have friends around us. We need to have people around us to walk forward. But now that I've said all of that, I want to kind of look at the other side as well because we need people to connect with. Can you say amen? We need friends who will be with our sides who we can walk with, comrades we can link with. them. But how many know we should be careful who we connect ourselves with? All right? has to be a wise choice uh, who you connect yourself with. There are people you can connect with who really want to send you down the wrong path. There are people who want to latch onto you, uh, that want to take you down, and now it's like blind leading the blind. There are people that have uh, not your best interest at heart, uh, but actually when something bad happens to you, they secretly rejoice. Come on, there's people that may be envious or jealous of you and won't lift you up, but rather they would pull you down. There's people that would say words that will end up discouraging instead of encouraging. There's many people you can think of in the Bible. Look at Job's wife, for example. We understand that Job went through this horrendous trial where he lost family, he lost finances, he lost his health. And just at the time when he is at his lowest, he needed his wife to come and put her arm around his shoulder and say, don't worry, God's got our back. But that's not what she said. She said, why don't you just curse God and die? I mean, you don't need to hear that when you're going through it. Can you say I'm in this place? That's not what you need to hear. You don't need to have people like that speaking those words in your ear. Listen, there's a man named Jonadab in 2 Samuel verse uh, chapter 13. Uh, one of King David's nephews, uh, Amnon, was so in love with his half-sister. He was, I mean, just, just the sound, that sounds madness. Uh, he was in love with his half-sister so much so he wanted uh, to take her for his own. Um, and this friend, uh, instead of advising, and him saying, what's wrong with you? Fix up, that's your half-sister. Give him a slap and say, let's get out of this place. What he did was advise him, this is what you should do. Scam and scheme, take her into your bedroom. And he gave her advice that he could rape his own half-sister. What kind of a friend is that? And when it all kicked off, his brother found out and they went to go kill him and saw him. Where was Jonadab? Nowhere to be found. 
We need people that are able to lead us in places uh, where God is able to uh, establish us. We need people not to take us away. We need to stand together with right-minded people. We make choices, good decisions of who we hang out with. You know, I've seen in this time, you know, we, I've been saved now maybe 16 years, coming up to 17 years. And we've seen people come in church and go and leave church, yeah? And one of the uh, worst things I've seen is where I see people link up with the wrong type of people. This person is trying to make good decisions for God. They're trying to live for God, trying to be righteous, but their friends don't want anything to do with it. And instead of cutting the friends off, they link up with the friends, and it won't be long until they're pulled out of destiny, pulled out of the house of God, and living a life that is just substandard to what God had. I've seen relationship break down. I've seen grown men say, listen, I love her. But people have said, listen, she's not right. Listen, she loves everybody else as well, just as she says she loves you too. She's not right. We've seen people connect themselves, and it's not far, it's not long before then he's pulled out as well and vice versa we've seen it all relationships are crucial we need to have tight close relationships but we should be wise about who we choose to consider to be a companion i want to look lastly about united we stand we know that this is god's church and with christ he is the head he has one body He doesn't have multiple bodies. He has one body. So we should be unified together. This is our church. I love Psalms 133, verse number one to three. I think Brother Nelson mentioned it this morning. He says in Psalms 133, verse number one, Behold, how good and how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. There the Lord's command the blessing to live forevermore. It is a blessing to see unity. You know, one thing I pray for in this church is that we have friendships that are built and friendships that go down deep. You know, one of the things I love about this church is um, the family-like welcome that we get. Uh, Many times I see new people come in, they say, oh, I came in and I felt so welcome. That blesses my soul that somebody can come into this building and say they feel welcome. And it's it's a great thing to do. Shake people's hands, smile. Listen, we should continue to do that. Uh, But if after a while, uh, you've been coming for a while, and there's no one really you can call your friend, no one you can call. I mean, we we use the word brother and sister many times. How you doing? But sometimes we use it because we forgot the person's name. Come on now. (laughs) Hey, how you doing, brother? Are you good? Yeah, it sounds like a term of endearment, but you don't know the guy's name. That's why you're saying brother, right? Come on. So we use that, uh, but we don't have uh, the relationship to Together, that it will build something deeper to the point where that nothing can come between, that there is such a unity uh, that nothing can break. Uh, and sometimes we have sex and groups and, and little kind of cliques and so on. Uh, listen, we need to start to contend for unity uh, because it is great to see brethren dwell together in unity. Uh, listen, I'm not saying you have to have close relationships with all like 150 to 200 people that come here on a Sunday morning. Uh, 
But there should be some people that, that you should have close. You should be working on the relationship and putting some things in the relationship and uh, uh, putting some effort in the relationship so that we can grow together in Christ. Oh, then when you have somebody you can call on when it's going tough, when it's going, when you're going through it, you may find out that they're going through it or they've been through it as well and they're able to advise you. They're able to pick you up when you've fallen down. We should stop being so prideful and not let anyone get close. I've heard people say, I don't trust nobody. Well, that's going to be your downfall. Listen, there may be some hurts and some past hurts where you've trusted before and you've got hurt. Listen, we apologize for that, but that should not be something that you should continue to live by. And now you're just living, I don't trust men. I don't trust women. I don't trust people around me. No, we should strive to be friendly and have friends ourselves so that as we grow together in Christ, we can grow in unity. Can you say amen in this place? The friendship, it is important to have friends that you can count on. Now, after this sermon, some of you will be like, yes, yeah, solidified, that's good, I'm going to continue at work. Some of you need to work on some relationships. After hearing this sermon, there may be some people you need to call uh, to uh, kind of build those bridges again. Maybe there's people you need to forgive. If you've been holding on to some bitterness for a while now, maybe there's people you need to actually let go. You know, because if a friend says something to upset you, that shouldn't be the end of the friendship. How many people know that? That shouldn't be the end of the friendship. Said something to, to, uh, to, that you didn't like or they said something that you didn't necessarily agree with. Listen, that shouldn't be the end of the friendship. That is just, they just say, look, look, it's probably out of love. You have, if you dig deeper, it's probably out of love. We should be able to take some of that and still work on a relationship. Listen, it is a blessing to have people that you can call your brother or your sister. That when you're going through it, you can call them. And when they're going through it, they can call you. I really do believe that this is an important part of uh, being a Christian, to have unity around us, uh, that we're not just on our own. Uh, that's why we like fellowshipping so much. That's why we like, you know, cracking jokes and so on, inviting people around to houses and stuff, because we're trying to build relationships, trying to build those relationships. So I want to challenge you, church. I want to challenge you. Listen, look for serious, long-lasting, real friendships. There's some friends that I have that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Um, there's friends that I've had, I'm going to have. I know, I just know. And we've done everything together. When we, we, was, we were single, uh, then everyone, we started dating together. Uh, then, we, then we all got married together. We all started driving together. We got jobs together. We, you know, some of us were in the ministry together. Listen, there's friends I'm going to have until Jesus Christ comes back. And I'm blessed. Listen, we should can cultivate our friendships. It's going to take work. It's going to take investment. But you should cultivate that. You know, God didn't design us to be wandering this earth alone. Instead, we should be standing together in unity. Verse number one of Psalms 133 again, it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We should look for that. We should strive for that. Uh, and our life will be blessed. Do you agree in this place? Uh? Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place.